Yo, 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 you guys. Oh my god, a bird just flew on my window screen right now, and birds are one of my spiritual signs, and that was amazing. I've never seen a bird in that position on my window before. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Root Awakening, a health podcast. We have such an awesome episode, and I think such a relieving episode for those of you who love to heal and who love to solve problems in your life, but are feeling like you can't just dig deep enough you can't go deep enough you can't feel in the ways that you need to feel you feel like you can't break through some kind of barrier you feel like you can't figure something out oh my god i have an amazing conversation for you today micah mclaughlin joins me on this podcast episode micah is a somatic practitioner breath worker and traditional naturopath who has dedicated the last 20 years of his life to his own healing and transformation as well as the community he serves in grand rapids michigan which is where i live Micah is a co-founder of the Vitalist Institute as well as a co-founder of the Vitalist School of Psycho-Spiritual Transformation. How fucking new age does that sound? It's amazing. It's so forward thinking. We're just talking about some cutting edge stuff today. So Micah is deeply passionate about supporting men in their growth and healing as well as rebuilding culture. And this is something that the Vitalist Institute does really, really well. They build community. They build a culture of healing. And today, Micah and I talk about breathwork and somatic healing. So we talk about what breathwork is and what somatic healing is. I didn't know what really somatic was and i'm hearing it around the self-development world a lot these days like somatic therapy somatic healing and i'm like what is that so micah explains it very clearly and we talk about how breath work is literally the body the body's ability to heal on its own so the kind of the point is not to think not to think cognitively in your conscious mind when you're doing the breath work and your body just kind of heals itself. It's really miraculous stuff. It's like emotions will come up that haven't been able to come up otherwise. Experiences will come up. Therapeutic experiences will happen and you will just be like, what's happening right now? I'm not even trying to make this happen. This is how magical breathwork is. And Micah facilitates breathwork sessions and group practices at the Vitalist Institute. And I have attended those. So I talk about my experience with breathwork and I ask Micah about his experience with breathwork. And something that we did not touch very much on in this episode, but I would like to have Micah back on to talk about, but something that I really want to preface with this episode is that there are a lot of men in Micah's classes at the Vitalist Institute and there are a lot of men that I know that are starting to do breath work and Micah really believes a lot in men's work and believes in um, creating a way for men to tap into their own healing and their own emotions because think about it in society how much we kind of force men to push that shit down and that's something that we don't talk about so much in this episode but I want to have him back on to talk about but I just want I know that there are plenty of men in this audience and I want you guys to know that like in this episode I talk a lot about my you know very 
I would say stereotypically feminine emotional experiences, but I want the men to know in this audience that breathwork is absolutely for men as well. And it's such an awesome practice. Like Micah will speak more on this if he, if he graces us again with his presence on another episode, but I know and I've seen it that men can benefit so well from this practice, especially because it's just allowing the body to do its work. And we talk about masculine and feminine healing as well in this episode, and it's just for everybody. So I want to make that really clear. And I want to tell you guys that I want to have Micah back on to expand more on the topic with men. But breath work is for everybody. And we talk about just what it is, what our crazy experiences were. It gets pretty trippy when you get into this state when you're breathing and you're not in the cognitive conscious mind and at the vitalist institute they call it a they call it a non-ordinary state so it's kind of like this trippy place that you get into so we talk about our experiences it's super interesting and i want you guys to enjoy i love you So many of you guys already know from Instagram and YouTube that I serve my clients in many different ways. There are a couple different ways you can work with me. I have a group coaching course called Manifestation Exploration, and that is a course to show you how to manifest. I have a six-step super simple process to show you how to get what you want in life and stop feeling guilty about what you want and get what you want and then feel full in your life and be able to help even more people. That is a group coaching course. It has its own app. It's off social media it's just us I go live in that group there's like journaling prompts it's an amazing experience and each person in this coaching group is from a different country I think now we have like a couple people from the states but it's just so beautiful to bring different types of people together I love that so the info for that is in the show notes and you can also work with me one-to-one if you're interested in working with me one-to-one you can email me you can reach out to me on Instagram and we can talk about options for that and And then I also have a confidence workshop that just came out and that is on sale right now because I'm still dropping content into the workshop and that is like the lowest cost option for how to work with me and how to uh, receive the teachings that I have for you. So it's an online course, online, you know, workshop and yeah, that is an option for you as well. So the info for all of that is in the show notes. Oh yeah, and follow me on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening. Root is spelled R-O-O-T. Give me a follow there if you haven't done that already. Reach out to me. I'm always loving answering your guys' messages and I'll see you there. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Root Awakening, a health podcast. I've been so excited for this episode. It's going to be a really good one. And it's something that we're going to be talking today about a topic that I am really invested in at the moment. And it just goes so deep. It's such a revolutionary topic. I have Micah McLaughlin here with me on this episode. Micah is a somatic practitioner, a breath worker, a traditional naturopath, which I didn't know. I'm so excited to get into that. And is also the co-founder of the Vitalist Institute, as well as the co-founder of the Vitalist School of Psycho-Spiritual Transformation. (sighs) You guys, this stuff is just like very cutting edge. And the Vitalist Institute is in the same city as where I live is in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is like the west side of mid-Michigan. And 
Um, I found Micah through a friend and I've been going to the Vitalist Institute every week for the last six weeks doing a breathwork series. You guys, like this is, a, it's, it is so amazing to me to allow my body to heal without trying on a conscious level. It's just like, I am so excited to talk about this because this is a deeper form of healing that I didn't know existed after being a coach. And after talking my way through my emotions and journaling my way through my emotions, which I still love to do, I could feel that there were deeper depths inside of me that needed to be addressed or looked at or worked through or like just experienced by me. And breathwork has totally allowed me to go in that depth. So meeting Micah at the Vitalist Institute has been like such a blessing to my life. And he's such uh to me, he's like a wonder of a guy because he's just very solid person. And he has a lot of space for other people and energies and is so, he's just very balanced in my eyes. And like, we're all human, but I just think we all need just that mentor energy around us. And Micah definitely has that. So Micah McLaughlin, I'm so excited to have you on this podcast. Welcome to Root Awakening a Health Podcast. Thank you, Emily. It is a joy to spend this time with you. And I love, uh, I love your introduction. It was very generous. Thank you. I love to talk about how I experience my guests before we get into the episode because it's important to me. Every single person I've had on this podcast is important to me. So I'm really happy that you're here. Glad to be here. <laughs> so let's start off with how you found breathwork and the practices that you do. Where did you come from in this arena? Yeah, so my original training was in naturopathic medicine and as a traditional naturopath, you know, the idea is that we're actually using these sources of, of nature that are all around us. And whether that be, you know, using herbs, using supplements, um, using our connection back to the earth or to each other uh, through physical touch, through energy work to really reignite the internal healer that's within us. So the same idea that when you get a cut on your arm, and if you just patiently wait, your body has the capacity to heal that wound. Um, and so I was working uh, as a naturopathic practitioner for about, let's see, six, seven, eight years before I actually came into breath work. Um, but I had already transitioned a lot of my practice over to, to somatic work. Um, this idea of instead of working through our rational mind to figure out what's upsetting us, we're actually starting to work through our physical body. So, um, the idea of you know a traditional therapy session would be a top-down mentality for the most part where you're you're relationally connecting you're talking about an idea or a concept you're talking about you know the emotions that are within you but there's still a lot of that prefrontal cortex the rational mind um, that wants to control the conversation wants to talk about the things that are comfortable and not talk about the things that aren't comfortable and so i'd already been experimenting and, and working with um actually prompting the body and having experiences through the body and then working with the information that comes up. And so, you know, at the Institute, we call this a, a bottom-up approach. And mm -hmm. so I'd already seen uh, the magic in that work with, with the folks I've been working with and a, a lot of healing by accessing traumas and belief systems through the physical body instead of through the mind. 
And um, when I first came into breathwork, it was actually, there were some breathworkers that came in from Colorado and we were in our East Town location and they put on a breathwork ceremony there. And I was in the back corner and we, we had drank some cacao. It was a cacao and breathwork ceremony. And I started breathing and, you know, I've been told this is really potent, really powerful. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it is. And I also was keeping myself open to, you know, not being disappointed and just, just to see what arose. And about 30 minutes into the breath work, they had already come over and given me an assist and kind of helped me with the breath to figure out how to do it. Um, I just started getting visuals across my eyelids and uh, they were visuals of, of my future and, and who I was and what I was here to do. Mm. And this is, like I said, 30 minutes in, I was in the studio that I spend time in all the time, um, having answers from, from my unconscious, my subconscious, the universe that were so clearly right in front of me. And I just, um, I just wept. And uh, it was really after that first session, I was like, this, this has to be a part of what we're doing. And um, it has been, you know, it's, it's been a road uh, in terms of developing my own relationship with the breath and um, specific Reiki and breathwork trainings and working with um, some training with BBTRS, um, biodynamic breathwork and trauma release system and uh, some just one-on-one -on -one mentoring from other breathworkers over the last you know, five, six years. And it's been transformational, not just in the work I'm doing in the world with folks, but in my own in my own life and my own body, the amount of space and clarity that I have is is remarkably different than it was ten years ago. Isn't that amazing that that's possible? Like that alone, the fact that we can evolve like that, the fact that we can be in such a—I mean, for me, it was like such a deep, dark place for kind of my whole life, or at least from like fifteen to twenty-eight, and then like a solid decade, and then yes, things take time, but also you start to implement practices and you start to see, oh my God, life can be like this. I can feel like this. Like I can, I can work through this. Isn't that just amazing? Yeah, it is. I mean, when we start to realize how much agency we can have over our own state of being, that's one of the things that breathwork does, you know, not only is it releasing unconscious beliefs and trauma stuck in our body and Know, conditioning from our society and family, um, but we start to realize, oh, when I feel bad, when I feel exhausted, when I feel hyper aroused and ungrounded, I have tools that, you know, don't just help a little, they, they help a lot. Yeah, exactly. That's what I love about all this stuff. Oh my God. And I'm for sure, inevitably, I'm going to be talking about my experience more with this breathwork. And it's so cool because really my, yeah, my first in-person breathwork experiences have been at your place. So it's going to be sweet to go into that. But first I want to know what the difference is between being a somatic practitioner and a breathworker or a breathwork practitioner. Yeah, so the word somatic just means the body. Mm. And so you know, if you look at um, things like Hakomi or some mindfulness-based trainings, you know, they're using prompts that are getting you into the felt sense of your physical body. So if an emotion came up in your conversation, you know, like grief, it's common that we just keep talking. And as a, you know, as a somatic practitioner, the work is to get somebody not just to talk about their emotion or talk about their experience, but to actually go in and have that, that, felt sense awareness of where that emotion uh, or that belief 
um, where that piece or part of us might be held in our physical body. Um, and so somatically, you know, we're really just, we're working from the bottom up. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're using uh, a non-ordinary state of being with the breath, but um, we're, we're definitely working to get people in feeling their emotions, feeling their experience instead of just talking about it. So would breath work be under the umbrella of somatic work? Yeah, I would say so. And that's a body-based therapy where you're, you're not processing your mind as much. You're, you're working, having an experience, and then in some ways having to integrate and make sense of that experience later with your, your storytelling rational mind. Yeah, cool. That's what I love. So what I've been doing with breath work or what I just noticed with my breath work experience has been like a direct, well, I guess it never feels 100% black and white, but my very close connection that I get with intuition when I start to do breath work. And I've just always been someone who has questioned myself a lot. And that can be a superpower in the self-development industry because uh, you can open up a lot by asking yourself questions and you can learn a lot by asking questions. But me and plenty of my clients have had a hard time deciding what should I do? What's my next step? And breath work just gave me mine. Every time I would do breath work, I would get a next step. Or even if I didn't get a next step, it would be a like, just you're fine. You're fine. Like the first time I ever did breath work, which was like a little 15 minute YouTube video. I, it wasn't necessarily a specific message other than God loves you. Like you are so loved. And I was so overwhelmed by that feeling of acceptance by something, an energy that felt bigger than me, I cried in that moment. So I'm curious, did you feel something similar in your first experience? Because you just described it to us that you felt you saw your future, but did it feel kind of like that? Like you were connecting with your intuition? Yeah, I mean, now that you reflect that back, I suppose so. You know, there were two <laughs> things happening. One is I was feeling this deep sense of, of well-being and peace within myself that uh, there wasn't any sort of anxiety about getting to the future um, or even needing to overly control the next steps. It was just simply a picture of the future and a picture of what was to come. And that felt like a deep well of, of actually not just what I was doing in the world, but you know who I am and what I'm here to do. And so I would, I would experience it as like a, a deep connection with my soul, with the blueprint of my soul and, and what I'm here to bring to this world. Um, and in that, I suppose the, the emotion that came through me was, it was just pure gratitude, pure gratitude for a creator, pure gratitude for an opportunity to even be here at all on this earth and to get to try to figure these things out. And so, yeah, it was, it was a mix of just deep settling in my nervous system and also a, a beautiful anticipation of what's to come. So is that just a reflection of what happens when we get out of our minds? I felt the same thing when, when I had my first breathwork experience and still do to this day, I was in your, I was at your spot, the Violist Institute last night and I had the same feeling, even if I'm working through tough feelings through the breath work, I still have this feeling of like, 
I am accepted. It is going to be okay. I have a lot of gratitude here. So why do we experience that? <laughs> yeah, that's a big question that I'm not sure I, I totally have the answer to, but I'll, you know, I'll take a stab at it <laughs> from how I understand uh, the vital life force that moves through us. So, you know, we have the vital school, we have the vitalist Institute and, and the term vitalism is really a, a term taken from uh, herbalism and this idea uh, and, and herbalism and also homeopathy, this idea that um, as opposed to our traditional sort of medical model that we have right now, which is there's a thing and it's bad and we need to suppress it, fix it, destroy it, kill it, make it better. Um, and we're using, whether it's a drug or a surgery, as a pretty strong way to eradicate the problem. Um, the idea of vitalism is that you actually are using low doses of specific plants, um, tinctures of plants or a homeopathic remedy. It could be you know, three drops of a tincture of a plant, but you're matching the vitality of this plant with the vitality of the person, or you're allowing the plant to evoke the vital life force energy. You know, you could call that chi, you could call it your breath, you could call it prana, you call it spirit, but you're, you're awakening that healing force within the person. Um, and so this idea that when we breathe, when we come back to our breath, uh, this is a direct line to, to soul, to spirit, to life force within us. And this is the life force that animates who we are, right? We're not just a body walking around a flesh and blood. There is a flavor to Emily. There's a flavor to me. And um, when we breathe, then we come back in alignment with that. And, and bringing that much energy through our body, bringing a big rush, I call it like a river of breath through our body, we'll start to do a couple of things. One, it tends to align us back to a deeper sense of soul or self, you know, not the, not the self that had to make mom happy or make dad happy, not the self that had to fit into our church or our community growing up, but the self that um, has come here to do something, to be something, to experience this earth plane through our physical body. And so we want, we just start to light that up again. And so, you know, people will express when they come into breath work, this feeling of feeling disconnected from their self. Um, like they've lost their flavor. Uh, they've lost their potency, or they can have this experience of feeling like maybe uh, their joy got buried. Mm. So by evoking this breath, uh, it's really a returning them back to, I would say, hopefully a childlike joy and uh, in combination with the wisdom that they've acquired, that we're reigniting them, we're relighting the flame, the fire that lives within them. And what happens when we get reconnected back to, to our soul and to love uh, is that the things that are not in service, the things that have been collected along the way, the, the boxes of unprocessed um, emotions, the charge in our nervous system, all that stuff comes up in order to find a way out to be released. What can it feel like when that stuff starts to come up? For people who haven't done this before, they're still unfamiliar with the process, can you describe how that can feel? Because, well, I'm curious about the answer to that in general, but I'll say in my life right now, here's how that is landing on me. <laughs> So things are going very well. These are things are going very, very well in my life. And but there are still challenges. But my nervous system is freaking out. Like I am feeling like, wow, I'm free. And the biggest part to do with that, Micah, is 
I am sure things have happened in the past year that has now led me to be sure that this is what I'm supposed to be doing in some capacity, perhaps similar to the, your first breathwork experience in that, wow, I can see my future. I can see how I'm supposed to be serving and expanding this, this service, this purpose on earth. That is how I feel. And that brings me more joy than anything. That's also something I acquired joy. I didn't even know joy was possible. And I acquired it this summer and it's amazing <laughs> and, and happiness. I didn't even know that happiness was really possible. Um, so that's all been great. My nervous system is like, when are we going to have a mental breakdown and die? Because this all has to come down at some point, right? And I've just been feeling like so happy and so crazy at the same time. And I am also pretty sure that breathwork has had a lot to do with that. Um, but also regulating my nervous system too. It's like, to me, what it feels like is things are getting better. And because things are getting better, shit is coming up to deal with. And when shit comes up to deal with it, I have tools like breathwork to handle that. And so then it's being transmuted. And that's why I like feel good again, you know, but the, it's kind of this process of like anxiety, and then feeling really good. And then just like dealing with the uncomfortable feelings. And I think breathwork is such a great tool for that. So that's kind of my reaction to you just saying that the the stuff can kind of come out of you to like, be finally released because we've been suppressing shit our whole lives. So can you describe in your words, like what your experiences of that and maybe what you see um, from the other students in your space? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, a phrase that we'll use often is this idea that we have to feel in order to heal. And so all of us, you know, when we were little and we talk about any time in our life, but we'll specifically talk about when we were younger, you know, when we're born, we don't have a fully developed nervous system. And so things like loud noises or a barking dog um, can cause an overwhelm in our system. And so you, you see this with children when they're first born and you've got your, your mom or dad who's swaddling their baby and they're going, shh, 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 And by doing that, what they're doing is showing them this is, you're safe. And, and allowing them to feel their own, the parent's nervous system. And this allows the child to come out of overwhelm and back into a ventral vagal state, which is this, I, ventral vagal state is a space where um, we're playful, we're open, we're open to connection with, each, with ourselves, with each other. And in that state, we live well and we feel well. And so as children, when we get out of that regulated state, um, you know, hopefully we had attuned parents who could support us and, swaddle us back but many of us didn't you know many of us grew up in houses where uh, we weren't being attuned to our needs weren't being honored and listened to we weren't growing up in emotionally intelligent houses that had the capacity to help us understand like oh you're angry honey and that's okay to feel angry mm -hmm. so instead we take these emotions and these overwhelming experiences and we have to find a way to to disconnect from them um and you know, I won't go into how we work with that at the Institute, but that's a huge portion of, of what we teach at the school is, is working with these five distinct ways that we ultimately turn our volume down on overwhelming experiences. And those become safety strategies that become embedded in our, our mind, in our nervous system, uh, in our everyday habits. And so you know, what happens in the breath work is that you know, when you were 12 and you didn't feel heard, or validated by your parents, and you were so fucking angry that you put rage against the machine in, 
and you just like got in your room and just like curled up in a ball, it's like, that's still all in there. Mm. Um, the, the expression hasn't been released from your body. And it takes a lot of energy to hold that in there. And, you know, we do this unconsciously, which is we might be able to tell the story about when our parents didn't hear us and didn't validate what we were going through. Um, but we don't often connect to the feeling or the emotional or energetic charge in our physical body. So what's happening in breath work is you're cracking open, we call them boxes here at the school. It's like you have this beautiful house when you show up on this earth and that's your body. And you have all these experiences you collect where you, you didn't have what you needed to be able to, to navigate them in the present moment. It could have been a trauma, it could have been um, like a consistent belief in your, your family, like we don't feel our emotions, um, you know, tuck it, tuck it down in there and just smile. And so our physical body holds in these expressions that never came out. So one of the beauties in, in breath work and bioenergetics, which is a somatic therapy, is we start to open up these boxes. And in those boxes are these emotions, these beliefs, sometimes memories that come up uh, that can be painful and difficult. And, you know, uh, we do a lot of resourcing folks so that when you go into this experience, if it starts to feel too overwhelming, you have tools to come back to safety again. We heal these traumas by touching the edge of the trauma and then coming back to safety and touching the edge, releasing some emotion, maybe releasing through shaking. Uh, maybe there's a growl that needs to come out. Maybe there's twitching that happens in our body. And then we come back to safety. And so, you know, one of the things that can happen is we can open a lot of boxes at once and it can start to feel overwhelming. And, and for that, I would say, you know, more resourcing, perhaps going at a slower pace. And some people uh, who are really open to this work and have already done quite a bit of work will really start to open boxes quickly. And, you know, it can be a lot to deal with all your unconscious traumas that have been held in your body for the last decade or two. And so this is why we, we do a lot around safety and, you know, we always have our breathwork ceremonies well-staffed so that if somebody does start to have an experience that's too overwhelming, we can attend to them, help them with their breath and come back to safety so they're not re-traumatizing themselves. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's so true. In the vitalist space, I noticed they have like a couple people in there and there's like everyone is so well taken care of, which feels really good, especially when you're dealing with tough emotions. And that's to me, that's why I can go in that space. Let me tell you guys a little something. Micah knows this probably, but you guys might not. I go into this space at the Vitalist Institute and I walk in there and I immediately start yawning. Immediately we're yawning. So like that is known to be like an energy movement thing. I actually asked Micah about that in the first class I had. Like I yawn a lot. So like when I'm like doing healing work. So should I yawn and go at that pace when I'm doing the breath work? Or should I kind of like ignore the yawn and do like the breath work cycle instead? And Micah, I think you said like do the yawn. <laughs> like yawn because it's moving energy in your body. And it's like stuff that's meant to be released. Is that correct? Yeah, for sure. Cool. Yeah. So, so that happens like 30 seconds after I enter the Vitalist Institute, then <sighs> I don't even get to the breath work yet. Like Micah just starts talking or like another one of his staff members or his partners start talking and we're just like sitting with our eyes closed. I'm already crying. <laughs> like, and this isn't every time you guys, but I just want to give you a um 
a reflection of how safe this space is. I'll continue on and give you another example about it's not just like I walk around crying all the time. I've done a lot of work to be like this in tune with my emotions and this okay with crying, but like I'm going to expand a little bit and then you'll get the whole picture. So then I'm already crying. We haven't even started the breath work yet. And then we start the breath work yet. And then like I'm going into modes of like joy and like, yes, seeing visions and getting feelings and knowings. I love that idea of like knowings because for those of us who felt stuck for most of our lives, the idea of a knowing like I am loved by God no matter what, that kind of a knowing is like so refreshing. So I'll go through all these phases. And then by the end, I'm like, sometimes I'm in a really triggered mood. And sometimes I'm like, great, let's do it. And I'm like rapping to my music on the way back to my house. So let me just say, though, that I would never cry in front of a room full of people. Typically, that's not my personality. A lot of people are like, oh, you're super outgoing because you have you're talking like you're talking now in your podcast. That's not like that's not really where I come from. That's not how I've always seen myself. I did a lot of work to like get to this space where I'm acting like this right now. I would never cry in front of a room full of people that I didn't know. I would never typically um, dance in front of people I didn't know. I'm not a person like that, but the space feels so safe. I My body just feels comfortable doing that. So like, if you're gonna have tough emotions, this is a great place to be. And, and Micah and the other practitioners there, they, you feel so taken care of there. And it's just, I didn't really fully realize that until you said something about that, Micah. Yeah, and in fact, there's a lot of different types of breathwork out there. And safety isn't always, you know, the number one priority. And, you know, when we're dealing with a non-ordinary state, which we really are, you know, we're taking off that, that prefrontal cortex and we're dropping into the unknown and we don't know what's going to come up. You don't know what you're going to, what's going to come up in your session. I don't know what's going to come up for you in your session, right? So we're, we're trusting this unfolding. And in order to trust the unfolding, to feel held in the safe space is just crucial. It's incredibly important. And, um, you know, Leah, my soul sister, my partner in crime, co-founder of the Vitals Institute and I, like it is our top priority to make sure that when people come into the space, um, they're able to feel physically in their body, like, oh, I am, I am held, the space is safe. And, and whatever part of me arises, is okay, there's space for that part of me here, you know, and it's not uncommon for people to revert back into younger ages and to be a, a two-year-old or a three-year-old. It's not uncommon to have rebirthing processes where people, you know, go back through their birth again. And uh, that is an incredibly vulnerable thing to do in front of anybody. And so let alone a bunch of people that you don't know. And so it is, it is crucial that we, we hold the space in, in the safest way possible. Yeah, totally. And it's, and overall, it's such a great way to get out, out of the comfort zone. For me, that's really a healing thing. I wouldn't normally like, oh, okay. So last night, what we did at one point, we were like all crawling around the floor growling. Is that like the bear crawl? Yeah. Yeah. That's like, I would never normally feel, I feel so, I did feel uncomfortable. I did feel uncomfortable doing it. And I like, didn't want to do it, but I did it. And then I'm like, wow, that, that in itself was healing for me you know yeah there's definitely you know when we when we work with the breath work and some of the reikian breath work and some of the bioenergetics um the idea is we're taking ourselves into the uncomfortable places that we normally would want to access yeah. you know, one of the one of the postures that we do is, is a laughing and crying exercise where 
uh, folks are just invited to, to laugh hysterically or, and then to cry and to feel the movement in our nervous system between both and to recognize that you know, maybe there isn't as much of a difference between joy and sadness and, and laughter and tears as we, you know, where does, where does hot water become cold water and cold water become hot water? You know, when we can become more okay with this human experience of, of being part animal and, and also human uh, to be of the earth and to recognize that the full experience, the full range of being a human is to, to touch all those things. Absolutely. I love that you brought this up because I have just seen the evidence of it in my life. When I have a emotional release, I realized that yes, that can look like crying. So the first thing that I experienced in my healing journey was like hysterical crying or like a deep cry, even if it was quiet, you know, it was like a deeper cry. And actually the first time I noticed that was in a two and a half year long relationship. Cause that was when all the shit was coming up and I was like deep, crying so deep. And I'm like, this is clearly so triggering to me on like such a deep level. So that was my first instance of instance of that. And then I found out that sometimes when I have a really deep emotional release, I start laughing like crazy in my room, journaling, nothing's funny, nothing's like classically funny, but the energy decides to release through a laugh. And I do that in the breathwork sessions too. They will come out in a laugh. And then you're saying this about, yeah, what about sadness and the, and anger? And now we're starting to realize as the somatic stuff and like embodiment work and Kundalini work is becoming more worldwide and just accepted by people people we're learning that all of that is so good to express so isn't it all like good in one way or another you know I just I like this outlook because it reassures the part of me that gets really scared that I'm a crazy person if I'm experiencing something that's outside the norm of however people act in the suburbs it reassures that part of me that like it's okay and it's supposed to be like that and then that is therapeutic in itself it's like all of these layers together yeah absolutely and and i think there's something to be said about the fact that we're doing it in community as well mm. you know, so much of healing is done you know behind a door with one counselor um, or with ourself and our journal and our in our quiet spaces and and of course there's there's a place and a time to tend our inner garden by ourself or with one trusted person and you know I'm I think what you're describing is what happens in these ceremonies is that when you get 25 people's nervous systems all in one room with the intention of touching their heart to touching their their truth to healing their trauma something really magical and ha happens you know it's 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 not different than going to to a concert um, or to church and having 150 people sing or 10,000 people singing there is a charge that is created that's also healing and so yeah you're right there's there's the stepping out of our comfort zone there's the moving into the places in our body that we would normally want to avoid because we just learn to avoid them for, for, to fit in or to feel safe in our physical body. And there's also this charge that happens with all these people breathing in, in their commitment to their own healing. You know, and we're not, we don't get wounded by ourselves. We get wounded in community. We get wounded by our families. We get wounded at school. And so to be in a community and to be in a ceremony like this, where there's 20 other, 25 other people there, 
um, we're all healing together. And you know, generally we're, we're ending those, as you know, with you know, singing and we're all bringing our voices back together again. And uh, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful, sacred experience. Totally. I love that point. I wasn't even thinking about that part of it, but the, the community aspect is so huge. It's so huge. Even as someone who is like, I'm talking to people all day, all the time, my clients and people on the online space. And it's just so, we've talked about it before, Micah and I, just like how important it is to do stuff like breathwork in person. And there's, like you said, there is a time and a place for everyone, but there's a lot of online stuff. And that's great. But it's just amazing to be able to be in a physical space with people because that energy, you can't really describe it. But in, and it's so surprising. There's always some surprising feeling that I feel being in a space with so many other people doing that work. Like I'm always interested to see, huh, what's coming up for, for me? And is this even mine? Or is it somebody else's in the room? And I think empaths who have looked up the concept of being an empath um, have experienced this too. And that's something that can happen too, right? Because you guys have introduced this topic and I think one of the classes before that sometimes you'll release something for someone else who is in the physical room with you right or maybe not even in the physical space but just to start simple like the other person that's in the class with you it's possible to release something for someone else yeah I mean when we go into the state we're really detaching from or we can detach from this part of us that sees ourselves as separate so we can start to feel this like a consciousness soup, right? This sense that all these nervous systems, all these souls are dancing and, and working together for healing. And yeah, I've definitely had experiences where I, I recognize uh, the thing that I'm feeling is, is likely not mine. And, you know, I have, it could be uh, something generationally, it could be something epigenetically, it could be something uh, for, that someone else has in the room that's processing. And for whatever reason, I get brought into the experience and uh, it seems like the charge needs to move through my body. I've definitely, definitely had that experience as well. Yeah. And that's cool too, by the way, right? Like it's, it's complex, but that's not, I haven't really perceived that as a negative thing. It's been like a very cool learning experience. Um, so I would like to talk about the sexual stuff because I had to ask Micah this question before we even got on the podcast because I was so fascinated. People that are listening to us that are in my community know that I'm, I'm fascinated with sex. I love it. It's a very complex topic for me. I found a lot of healing through it. I still have a lot of work to do in it. So I'd love to talk about it. And when I started doing breath work, when I started doing breath work in person, which happened to be in your space, Micah, I, it was an immediate, like, yes, it was crying, but then very quickly that could transform into a very sexual feeling for me. I'm feeling like very activated sexually. Also, again, unlike me to be able to feel that within a room full of people that I don't know, I want to dance in a really sensual way again that that's me but not usually in a room full of people so I had to ask Micah about this because I was like what's the deal and we didn't like like for me what I was thinking is like this is a whole different class <laughs> like it could be or it could not be but I was like this is like what I'm experiencing right now seems to not really be going along with like some of the static poses that we're supposed to be doing. 
And a layer on top of that is, I also learned through Micah and the other practitioners at Vitalist that um, sometimes if we, sometimes we can move around a lot if we don't want to feel something that's really difficult. And I've seen that in myself. I've seen that in other people. So I've seen the evidence of that being true. So I had this interesting experience when I started out doing in-person breath work of like, why am I getting into a sexual space every time that I'm doing this? And is the movement part of it authentic to what I am feeling in the moment or is it a way for me to somehow get out of my body it was a very interesting dyna dynamic but Micah can you explain to us what those vibes are because when I asked you before you mentioned that you have known people to do this and um, I would love for the audience to hear what you what you have to say and just what's on your mind right now about that yeah I think the experience of having sensuality or sexuality or the, the charge that comes from you know our pelvic floor from our sacral chakra is is common in breathwork and i also think that it's um, maybe specific to how you're experiencing the breathwork in the sense that not everybody has that experience certainly not right away um, there are certain poses and postures we might use that would evoke opening up the low back and uh, the pelvic floor um, but everyone holds energy in a different way and energy moves in a different way. You know, the first few times I was breathing, um, what felt like came online for me was I would call it like a primal, um, fire in my belly. And oftentimes the first, maybe, I don't know, half a dozen times I would breathe. It was this incredible desire to go out and eat red meat while I was breathing. Like all I wanted to do was go out and eat some red meat. And oh it's, my it, God. Yeah. And so, you know, for me, it felt like it, what it started to awaken was this, um, this warrior like energy within me, you know, and so that's, you know, different than you perhaps. Um, but I think it's, it's interesting, especially when people start to breathe, what are the first things that are coming up? Because it could be giving us a clue about, you know, sort of where, uh, where we should be drawing our energy from, where we should be moving our energy from, or what's been chronically restricted that's now finding new life, new breath, new freedom. And so, you know, there are certainly people, and, and if you breathe long enough and you really start to let the vital energy move through your body, you know, so you're not just doing static postures, um, but you're actually getting to, to that breath that's moving through, it's going to move your body how it wants to move your body. And that's really what we say is let the shaking move your body. Let the dance move your body, let the breath move your body. So you've really disconnected from the part of your brain that needs to understand this and, and figure this out. You know, and to be fair, like uh, our indigenous cultures, you know, the indigenous folks that have lived on this earth for a really long time, I would say drumming and dancing and sexual movement has been a part of their healing forever, right? You can see this in culture, you can see um, dance that, that moves beyond our West Michigan dancing. That's yeah. mostly shoulders and shoulders and hands, <laughs> and it gets down to the pelvic floor. And, and there's a lot of energy we can generate from this part of our body. And so, yeah, it's not, it's not surprising. And it, it also may be somewhat unique to, to you and who you are. Yeah, that's so cool. And it just makes a lot of sense. And so I'm thinking two things now. One, what you're saying about the pelvic floor makes sense. I have so much activation in that area of my body. And I know that women are often storing emotions, experiences in their uterus, 
in the pelvic area. So that makes so much sense. And we're doing a lot of, like Micah said, we're doing a lot of these pelvic floor activating movements. And I can just feel that it's like, it feels really good to me. I don't know. There's probably going to be times where it doesn't feel good. Like stuff needs to just move around in there and that doesn't feel good, but the sensations have been really good so far, but like a release. Um, so that just puts two and two together for me so much. Second, I get craving, I get crazy food cravings when I do the breath work too. And I wasn't sure if I was like, oh, I'm just hungry. Like I didn't eat that much today. <laughs> like that's just like, I thought it was just the human part of me. And I'm sure there could be an element to that. But like the first time I did it, I got this crazy it was, it's like a deeper feeling, but instead it was a sandwich. Like I needed like a sandwich on bread and it wasn't, um, it, it wasn't as romantic sounding as your story, Micah, but I ate it and I, I go, I went and got a sandwich and ate it. And it was like awesome afterwards. So it's just, I just think that's so cool. And like you say, it can't always be explained and you just kind of let it be. Yeah. And if you think about the energy that that is in all living creatures. And we can just, let's just talk about animals for now. You know, if you are a deer, your main focus is fucking and food. Wow. And so as we breathe in this life force, so we breathe the breath in, you know, it doesn't surprise me that, you know, sexuality and, and this longing for food comes online. You know, it makes sense to me. Yep. That makes so much sense. Wow. That really opens my eyes. Didn't even think about that. I did think about the primal side of it. And I'm like, obviously, yeah. Okay. The sexual stuff, but yeah. Fucking and food. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it's like you think about a concept and then you just hear it again at the right time, or you hear it in the right words. And you're like, oh my gosh, my entire body understands that now. <laughs> Holy yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I would like to ask you about fatherhood would you like to would you be open to talking about that yeah sure that's a that's a hard right turn but let's do it <laughs> that's true but I'm really excited to talk to you about this so your son is also a practitioner in the vitalist space and I just my I don't know him um but he was leading helping to lead one of the classes and I just like to observe people. That's always my, one of been my, it's, it has always been one of my favorite things to do. And I see how you are and I see how it's just so obvious that Micah, like to me, it's so obvious that Micah is very regulated. And he, like I said, he just has a lot of space. So like he's showing up to this podcast, right? And I can always feel people's energy and I'm not trying not to judge it or whatever, but I just notice my reaction to people's energy when they show up to this podcast or just in life. So like Micah is showing up to this podcast. I feel so comfortable. I'm like talking about all my experiences. I feel so comfortable with him because it's like how he shows up and what he like energetically demands, you know, like energetically without speaking or having any vibes. I mean, it's the vibes, but like, it's very on the DL. He demands like to be safe for everyone to be safe for like to share the space, nobody's dominating. Like this is a very open conversation, but not just open in topic, but open as in like, there's, I don't really feel that there's anyone dominating this conversation. Yes, I'm the interviewer, but it's, it's quite equal to me, I would say for an interview, which is very cool. So I wanna tell everyone that because I want this to be an example of like how I see Micah. Then I see his son and he is also this, wow, this open person. He is a young person 
And he is just in my energetic, intuitive experience with him that's been so limited. He has just seemed incredibly emotionally intelligent. And um, it just, I, I, it's just some people I look at and I'm like, they have really, either they didn't have shit before or they've worked through it, but like, they just don't, they're not putting their shit onto other people. And I'm not saying that I think that a lot of other people necessarily are doing that all the time. It's just some people are very clear to me and your son is very clear to me. And I would like to ask you about your parenting tactics because I'm just so impressed with him. I'm just so impressed with him on like a very deep spiritual level. And I love young people and kids. And um, I like to observe them. And I think kids are just geniuses. And it seems like you've done a really good job to keep that that childlike to, to help your son or support your son to keep his childlike vibes. But also he has this wisdom of like age uh, because he's not a child of like age that mixes in with that, that has a really nice balance. So I'm curious about how you've looked at parenting and what that was like. And you're a holistic person. A lot of us, especially in West Michigan, didn't have holistic parents. So I just want to hear about what your experience was like with raising a son. Yeah, so um, four kids. Asher's the oldest, and he's just turned 17. And, you know, people often want to ask me about my parenting. And... <laughs> because he is a remarkable human being. He really is a deep, deep soul. And my answer is that, you know, he, he actually came out that way. And at a very, very young age, um, his just incredible love for the earth was, was present. And so he, I would take him out to the woods and, you know, we would spend a day or two out in the woods and, you know, we would take our, our, our knife and our tarp and we just live out in the woods. And, you know, I'm like day and a half in, I'm like, I gotta get some food. I'm this, this is lame. I'm done with this. And he was, you know, four years old, and he would have just sat there for another two days, you know, so he came into the world, um, I'd say as a really old soul. And, um, you know, we had him in, we had him in some, some Montessori classes when he was younger. And then there was just a point where it was clear to me that the system was starting to pull the light out of his eyes, I could, I, I could mm -hmm. see him having to close down on, on his just glorious light. And so, uh, we made some decisions to, to get him in some different educations that were more outdoor based. And he's really just continued down that path and, and now is, is teaching at a couple different, uh, he's teaching at a, a Strong Roots, which is a community up in the Rockford area. And, you know, it's really fostered this, this in him that you know, he, is, he is from the earth, he loves the earth. Uh, he's got a deep connection to music. He's got a deep connection to um, hunting. And, and coming back to the earth. And, and I, would say, I would say, you know, in some ways, Asher is living an indigenous life more than, more than most people I know here in the West. Uh, he really does live connected to the earth and, and, and with the seasons. And when the salmon are running and when the deer are going into rut, he schedules his life around the rhythms of the earth. And so he's been an incredible teacher for me uh, to slow down. You know, he's got this sort of steadiness in him, this groundedness in him. And so, you know, he's continually taught me for his 17 years he's been here. And, you know, our other kids are all, they're all wonderful in their own ways as well. And, you know, I think it's, it's fair to say that by not, by doing our, our own work of healing the things that we think our children need to be, because you know, they weren't resolved in us, 
then our children can just become who they actually are. They don't have to be a version of themselves that make me happy necessarily. And, and I think that's, that's been a big key to just recognize um, they are their own person. They are their own unique soul coming to this earth. And my job is to watch them and encourage them and support them and, and poke them and call them out when they need it, but ultimately help them feel within themselves who they actually are and, and find their path forward. And so it's, it's been a process of, you know, there's been a lot of intentionality of, of from food to herbs to how we birthed uh, our kids, but the end of it is, or the end statement I would just have is it's just allowing them to be who they actually are and, and not getting in the way of that process. Yeah, that's so cool. I noticed that that's a theme that I've been hearing about when looking into holistic parenting. And I don't have kids, never had kids, but I would like to. So I'm interested in all this. And I'm wondering how it has felt for you to check in with yourself about, okay, am I trying to parent him to keep him truly safe or am I trying to parent him into something that I have wanted to be how did you manage to wrap your head around that and give yourself a objective or like an a, a, an attempt to be a, an objective viewer on that situation well I mean I'm I'm human and, and I had Asher when, when I was 20, 25. So I was pretty young. And so I would say the difference in the first half of, of raising my kids in the second half has been, uh, it's been different and I've had more of an ability. So I think earlier on, there was a lot more of unresolved stuff in me that was, that was still trying to move him in one direction, all, you know, move my kids in one direction or another. And you know, through this work, through my own healing, it's been easier to, I'd say, be in the role of inner observer. You know, so instead of walking into a situation with a mindset of like, this is what needs to happen. This is what's next. Um, this is what I think. This is my strong opinion. It's more of a capacity to walk into a space and go, what's here and what needs to be nurtured and mm. what can be shifted or supported for the desired outcome, or maybe I don't even know the desired outcome. Maybe my job is just to come in and observe and bear witness to what's unfolding before me. And so I think, you know, it's, there's been a lot of growth in parenting and hands down, the most transformational thing I've ever done in my life is, is have kids. Mm. Um, because, you know, you can't leave, you can't leave kids. I mean, I guess some people do, but I can't leave my kids. And so no matter how difficult the moment, no matter what's up in their process and their growth, I'm going to show up. And that means I'm going to show up and they're going to trigger the shit out of me. And I'm going to have all sorts of feelings and thoughts that arise that I'm going to have to deal with and recognize these are, these are mine. And that ultimately I have a lot of growing up to do. And so you know, I had kids at such a young age that I feel like I've been growing up along with them in a lot of ways. And, you know, sometimes I, I'll see behaviors in my kids and and recognize like, oh, that's in me. Like that, that got passed on from me. And, you know, I've said to Asher, like, hey, dude, you're doing this thing is, you know, I do it too. Let's like heal it together. You know, like, let's work on that together because um, I passed it on to you and I'm sorry. And you know, what we haven't addressed and, and looked at and brought to our conscious awareness and healed, we just pass it on for kids and they do the exact same thing. And so 
parenting for me has been a lot of um, a lot of work. It's been a lot of lessons, and it's also you know to to look at our kids and to see like how beautiful they are and and how whole they are in so many ways and how much they're able to empathize with their peers and show up as just really good humans, really beautiful humans as it's been worth it. It's just been, it's just been a ride. It's been a lot of work. So cool. I love how you describe that. And it's so true. It's so true that what a way to, well, first of all, what a way to build a bond. I mean, that's incredible, but also it's such a great mirror. It's such a great mirror. Like, yeah. And I can tell just how you, you're, describing the situations and how you handle stuff like it's it's really clear to me I can see some just common denominators where your kids obviously they came out awesome and incredible and then like how you guys dealt with challenges or processes along the way is great like you it's like you let them explore and you let them you let them be a kid you let them be a kid or you tried right like it sounds like that was that's a very that was a high priority for you and um something that's really special in a parent that you know, you, you, you looked at them and you saw them for who they are. And then you nurtured the parts of them that it seemed to bring them a lot of joy. And that's so, I mean, it's like so simple. And then I can imagine can be so difficult, but like, so, so, so profound. And like, it's like those simple things of just having your, I mean, this is also complex, right? But in a way I can see this as very simple, like a simple thing of like having your parents just acknowledge something you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Um, okay, so I want to talk about what the Vitalist Institute is and what the Vitalist School is, so everyone can get an idea of these institutions. Sure. Um, you know, so the Vitalist Institute is, we've got a space down in East Town in Grand Rapids here. We've got a studio there where we can, where we're doing these breathwork cacao ceremonies. We're doing um, bioenergetics. Um, we've got uh, some Kundalini yoga that happens in there in the mornings. You know, so we've got all sorts of activities. And then we've got uh, a handful of you know, practitioners that are there who are, some are, some are doing um, embodiment work. Uh, some there's a counselor that's in there who's doing more somatic work you know so we've got a handful of practitioners who share the space with us and um, uh, the vitalist school is a nine-month program so we're teaching a lot of the core concepts that are, are showing up in the ceremonies that we're holding and it's for practitioners it's for coaches it's for body workers um, and it's or it's just for somebody who's like I'm ready to do this work. I want an absolute deep dive into be the most whole and aligned person as I can. I want to remember who I am, what I'm here to do, and to heal all the trauma that's stopping me from doing that. And so um, we're on our, this is our fifth year of the school. And we usually have between, you know, right around 20 to 25 participants. And it's a nine month program. Classes are on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So it's Friday evening, and then all day Saturday, all day Sunday. And um, it's potent, it's intense beautiful, beautiful work. And so we're doing some one-on-one work in terms of teaching people how to somatically work with a client one-on-one and through the body, through the breath. And then we're also, um, you're building a community, you know, we're, we're potlucking and we're singing and we're, you know, working with non-ordinary states to, to heal our trauma and 
there's just a lot of camaraderie. There's really this coming back together as, as tribe is how it feels uh, in the space. And so um, that's, that's uh, just a deeper dive, you know? So we've got offerings at the Vitalist Institute, just dropping in and doing one night, uh, coming into a series. We also do uh, one day breathwork retreats and that's out here in our space uh, out in Lowell. We've got 10 acres out here. And so um, people can just kind of pick where they fit in, you know, there's a lot of people who aren't quite, aren't ready for the school yet, but uh, they are ready to come in and just try this, these modalities out. And so, you know, we usually see that people, they come in, they have an experience like, wow, this is mind blowing and life changing. And then they just continue to kind of grow deeper with us. And so what's been beautiful over these last, you know, five years is to watch this community grow and to watch uh, how, when the vitalist school ends, you know, people don't, just go to their own corners of the world, but they're starting to overlap their lives together. They're, they're, they're offering classes together. Mm. They're mountain biking together. You know, they're going out to eat together. They're bringing each other soup when they're sick. And it's, it's really, it's really coming back to um, how we've always lived as humans. Yeah, so true. And that I was so impressed that Grand Rapids has a place like this. And now I guess I know like, like you can find holistic spots in a lot of places, not everywhere, but in a lot of places. And I'm just like so proud that Grand Rapids has this kind of community because like this primal stuff is, can be hard to come by. And I will also say, so like the first place that I have classically gone to, to get like a holistic experience has been a yoga studio. I'm like, when I go to a new place or I move to a new place, I'm like, okay, where's the yoga studio? Because I can see what the vibes are. And um, that's great. And that's like, we need those places. But I really noticed after going to the Vitalist Institute that there is like, there's just this other level. Because I think yoga, again, there's nothing wrong with it. But like, sometimes it can be like an exercise class. And then sometimes it can be like a really holistic healing experience and then sometimes it can be like both you know but going to the vitalist institute is like this whole other level of like oh this is some like really deep shit this is some like very forward thinking stuff and I just think that it's so cool that you guys you guys have it here in in Grand Rapids and and then the vitalist school for people like I I would love to um to be certified in breathwork, I've been saying that, and this is an, an opportunity here for folks that feel the same. The Vitalist School is there to teach more people how to do this, and how beautiful is that that other people are learning how to do this, and then there will be more people practicing in this area, and there's more like-minded people in general in this area, and I just think that's awesome. And then they go move to other areas, and they spread that, that ability. Um, it's so cool. So wait, we didn't, yeah, we have some time left. We didn't talk about how you started the Vitalist Institute. And Leah is your partner, right? Like your business partner. Right. Yep. Yeah. Like how did you guys meet and start this thing? Yeah. So before there was the Vitalist Institute, there was the Grand Rapids Wellness Collective. And that I think we formed that about nine years ago. So Leah and I formed that together. So we've been working side by side doing this work for almost a decade now together. And, um, you know, I was still working, doing my naturopathic stuff and working somatically. Uh, Leah is trained in, in body work and she was originally trained in body work and coaching. And so she had her own practice going on. And as we both were, we both been really obsessed with our own, our own healing. And, you know, I've always am 
trying new modalities and, and new trainings first with myself before you know introduce them to to the clients I work with. And so we had both been on our own path and, and really landed in this breathwork right around the same time. And as we as we landed there and I started to talk with her, we took a trip actually, we took a healing developmental trauma workshop uh, in Poland. So we were in Poland together for about 10 days. And as we were talking about, and, we, and it, was, it was deep, we were regressing into our childhood wounds and acting them out. I mean, it was incredibly deep, deep, deep work that we did that week. And as you know, we, we were in layovers and on planes, we just got deeper into the work we both were doing in this world. And we were realizing that we, we were landing at the same places. Mm. We were having very similar experiences with our clients, what worked and what didn't work. And um, you know, the last four or five years have been putting together her language of how she was working with folks, my language of how I was working with folks and, and throwing out the stuff that, that was cumbersome that really doesn't work and keeping the stuff that's the most important. And I think both, both Lee and I are synthesizers. You know, we take in a ton of information and then boil it down to the most important two or three things and then find a way to integrate it back in. And so the way that we're working with folks in the Vitalist School and at the Institute is um, we're, you know, we're standing on the shoulders of so many people, right? So, so, so many people that have done this work and over the last 30 years, um, those who've been, you know, the fathers and the mothers of, of this trauma work and of somatic work. Uh, and at the same time, it does feel like the way that we're offering it, because we emphasize the top-down approaches that at times we need to have a structure to understand um, how this all comes together. You know, we need to have language, we need to have practices, we need to organize, but we're also having these bottom-up experiences. And, and I think what you makes what we're offering at the Vitals Institute unique is just you'll find a lot of places offering breathwork experiences. You'll find a lot of places doing cognitive work. There aren't a lot of places like at the Vitalist School where we're bringing those two together. We're helping people navigate mm -hmm. um, the, the felt sense, the non-ordinary states, and also bringing it together so that you don't just go home and be like, oh, that was a cool weekend or a cool retreat. But like, how does this actually change your life? How does it change your family? How does it change you and your community? And so, um, you know, magic. I suppose the way this all came together was magic. It was a commitment, a deep commitment for both of us um, to do our own work and to ferociously pursue the modalities and methods that would heal people and help people um, grow with a lot less struggle. You know, I, I bounced around in my healing work and um, did a lot of things that didn't work and quite a few things that cost a lot of money. And um, I feel like what we're able to offer now at the Vitals Institute and the Vitals School is this opportunity to be like, here's the roadmap, here are some tools, and here's, your, here's some guides that can walk alongside and then let's do it in community and let's not take ourselves so seriously that we can't have a little fun here and there. And so, you know, it, it's been magical to watch what's unfolded um, over this last decade. And uh, I feel like in, in a lot of ways, we're, you know, we're coming into our own. I've, I've recreated myself and how I show up in the world and, and what I'm offering the world many, many times in the last 15 years. And uh, I just turned 40 this last year and there's just been a, a deep settling in my body of just, oh, this is it. This is, this is what I'm here to do. This is what I'm here to offer. And, um, it's been a beautiful journey with, with Leah. She's just, uh, means so much to me and our, our connection and, uh, her commitment to this work, her commitment to her own healing, her commitment to this community, uh, is inspiring. And we've just, um, 
really love love getting to do this together. Yeah, it's so cool. And that communicates through the institution, you know, that communicates through the all of the that communicates through the room. When you're in the class, everything just seems very peaceful and symbiotic and flowy and harmonic. <laughs> it all feels good. It all feels really good in there. And it's clear, you know, it's clear to hear you talk about Leah and your experiences together. Like this is what builds a really cool business and what builds a cool community, you know? So how can our listeners connect with you guys and start signing up for some classes? Is Instagram a good spot for everyone to check out your stuff? Yeah, we are on Instagram and um, our website is vitalistinst.com. So vitalist and then I-N-S-T.com. And all our events are listed there. And so I think we're getting stuff up. Uh, we still have a few events here in November into December, take a little bit of a break and then we'll be kicking off January with a whole bunch of stuff. Cool. And you have a breathwork day in November, like that the entire day breathwork situation that's on your property that you were talking about that's one that's coming up right yeah we do it's all on the yin and yang the masculine and feminine energy and learning to to harness and work with those energies within our physical energetic body so it's a it's a great one we've done it a couple times people love that one and we end the day with a breathwork ceremony so the whole second half of the day is just a deep dive into this this work um, for those of you, for those who come, we often, we got a sauna and cold tubs and a hot tub out here. So we, we get all the stuff lit and then uh, get to do some you know, hot, cold therapy as well at the end of the end of the evening. Oh yeah. That's so cool. I forgot that you had that. It's amazing. It's, it's truly like a day retreat. Um, wait, so what's the first half of the, the, the second part of the day is breath work, but what's the first part? So the first part of the day, we do a little bit more teaching, um, um, and, and also more felt sense experiencing around uh, what does the feminine energy feel like in your, in your body? Can you bring in that soft, receptive, intuitive energy? How do you feel it? How do you experience it? What happens if you move it through your body? How do you bring in that sort of warrior-like, precise, rational, clear, forward-moving, masculine energy? Um, and how do we work with these skillfully and, and recognize that you know, we're not talking about male and female. We're talking about energies that exist within all of us and how do we find cohesion and balance um, between all our pieces and parts. Yeah, yep. And there was a day, there was a, in this breathwork series I was doing at Micah's Spot, there was a day where we did masculine and feminine. And I remember thinking specifically, ooh, this is such a good way to be introduced to this work because we can kind of really relate society expresses masculine and feminine in different ways. And, and the, the practitioners and Micah explained that how it kind of differs from what we see as masculine and feminine in society. Um, but still, I think it's the, the, the idea of masculine and feminine is still, people are able to grasp that um, really well right away because we get the idea. Like there's like a, once we figure out the nuances and how like our expectations of masculinity and femininity can be very different than what we're talking about in a spiritual concept. It's still like there's like the masculine energy, even in the in the spiritual divine way, is very familiar, um, and the, the feminine is very familiar as an idea. And then it may be very unfamiliar in our bodies. But I just think it's so cool to 
experience that because um, like for me, it's just something I haven't really thought a lot about in my body. So to, to go through the process and think about, okay, how does mass, this type of masculinity show up in my body or, and where is it imbalanced? And then the female side of that, where is it imbalanced? And I tapped into a lot of just day-to-day behaviors that like I, I hadn't really noticed before when doing this work. So I just think it's like that, that's a topic that's just really relatable for everyone because you get to kind of, after hearing Micah and the practitioners talk about it, you can really take a look at like, what, what have I been doing that I've been kind of doing unconsciously that hasn't felt good? And what can I do to like work through that? And that's just something that it's like stuff we're doing every day that we just, it's not even on our radar to look at. And then we get to look at all that stuff in a safe space with a community, with practitioners, with tools to help you just naturally. I really think about it as just like you let your body do the healing. And yes, there's a mental component, but like also not really sometimes, which is so relieving. Yeah, not really. There's there's times where things just leave our bodies and there's there's not a need to have to go back and create a story around it or track where did that come from or why do I feel so sad? It's just simply surrendering to the experience of of the emotion or the, the energy moving through your body and trusting that um, your body knows how to heal. You know, we don't fret about a cut. We just trust it'll heal. They always do. And, and this is learning to bring our bodies back into a state where where can tap back into that ability to just to heal. Yeah. Oh, such a relief. It's seriously so freeing. Okay. So I'm going to ask you one more question that I ask every guest. What do you think the root of health is? And when I say health, I mean, well-being. What do you think like the common denominator root of health is if you had to choose one thing? Hmm. I'm going to choose two. Okay. (laughs) Breath and awareness. Yeah. If you have those two things, then there you go. (laughs) Wow. So, and I've seen that so much magic can happen with those two things. Cool. Okay. Micah McLaughlin, somatic practitioner, breath worker, traditional naturopath, co-founder of the Vitalist Institute, co-founder of the Vitalist School of Psycho-Spiritual Transformation. Thank you so much for being here. This was such a refreshing conversation as expected. I'm so honored to have you on. And seriously, you have meant so much to my life. We met like maybe a month or two ago. You meant so much to my life. Your institute has meant so much to my life. Literally life-changing things have happened since you came into my life. I really appreciate you. I know that our listeners do and will as well. Thank you for being here. It is a pleasure, a joy, and I am so glad that um, the universe divinely brought us together in the way that it did so that you can have these experiences. And just thanks for an opportunity to, to get to share with more people. I really, we have a deep desire that, um, that this institute creates as much consciousness as, as possible. And like you said, just trickles out into the world um, because the world, us humans, we need this work. And maybe if we all do it and we really stick to it, we can uh, keep existing on this planet and keep existing in harmony. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. 
Beautiful. Thanks, Emily. Okay, you guys, I need your help here. I want to get word spread about the info that we share in this show as much as possible. I want it to reach around the world. It already has. I want it to continue to reach around the world. And I want us to be able to share this information because this is empowering shit. You guys know that I only share empowering shit on here. I only share stuff that is going to make you feel like your dreams can become a reality. And you can create what you want in your life and you can achieve what you want in your life and big changes can happen big evolution can happen in a positive direction in your life i've done that in my life it is my goal it is my life purpose to help as many other people achieve that as well so if you can help me do this i would be so grateful please share this episode share my podcast other people about my podcast share it on instagram I would just so appreciate that. Subscribe, uh, whatever we can do to get the word out more about this information. I love providing it for you guys. It makes me so happy and it would just mean the world to me if you continue to share it. I love you guys so much. Info on how to work with me is in the show notes. I have a group coaching course. I have one-to-one private coaching. I have a workshop. There will be more offerings in the future and there's a lot going on. So all of this info is in the show notes and enjoy. I can't wait to see you on the next episode. Talk to you soon. I love you.